So I, I heard on the radio this week uh, that the average Canadian uh, spends how much time on their phone each day? Any, anyone want to take a guess? Okay, wait, 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 wait. Wanted, this is loud. Okay, what's that, two hours? Yeah, four hours? Over here, anyone? Three hours? Eight hours? Okay, over there? Okay, 12, 12 hours. <laughs> so the average Canadian uh, spends 3.7 hours on their phone each day. Uh, and so that includes, you know, watching videos, social media, texting. And so this was on the radio. Uh, so it must have been true, right? 3.7 hours. Uh, we are continuing our sermon series uh, on practicing the presence of God. Uh, in a distracted age. Uh, so uh, do you want God to take you into a new place in your relationship with him? Do you want that? Do you want to go deeper with him this year than you went last year? Do you want to grow? And so this, this series, our hope is that this series will help you to grow, help you to practice the presence of God more in your day-to-day -day life. We live in an age of distraction. A Christian psychologist put it this way. We're in a climate in which it's difficult to not just think about God or to pray, but simply to have any interior depth whatsoever. Uh, we are distracting ourselves into spiritual oblivion. It's not that any one of us has anything against God or depth. We'd like these things it's just that we're too habitually preoccupied. The phone is not the cause of our lack of focus on the things that matter most. I don't know about you, but often for me, I want to be distracted. <laughs> I, I want to be distracted. Uh, Blaise Pascal said this, all of humanity's problems stem from what would you say? How would you answer that? What, what he says is our ability, inability to sit quietly in a room alone. What do you think? We're, we're looking at one thing this morning, being alone with God, being alone with God. I, we have this, this plant. Let's pretend that it's alive. It's uh, just plastic. So let's pretend that it's alive, okay? Okay, what, uh, what does this output if it's alive, right? What does it output for us? Uh, carbon dioxide, yeah, okay. And, and what, what are the inputs that it needs? Okay, water, sunlight, right? Those things? Um, our greenhouse expert, where is he? Rob, are you here? Oh, Rob's not here. Okay, he would, he would be able to tell us what else more specifically it needs. But bottom line, output carbon dioxide. Input? Oh, oxygen. Sorry, sorry. Okay, thank you. Okay, that's embarrassing. Anyways, uh, we'll keep moving. Next point, next point, next point. Um, okay, so uh, like this plant has inputs and outputs, uh, our, our soul... We, we have outputs all the time, right, day in, day out, but we need inputs. And so if you imagine, like, this cup 
as, as your, your soul, you're, you're constantly, you know, day-to-day life, like it's getting depleted. And so, uh, so there's, there's nothing in here, right? Um, but, but the kids, your job, just getting things done in the home, they demand you to pour out. But you can't pour out if there's nothing inside. <laughs> and so how do we fill our, our cup, our spiritual cup? How do we do that? How do you do that? How do you specifically do that? Uh, being alone with God is the clue. It's, it's the clue. So let's pray before we open God's Word, because you can open God's Word and you can just let it go one, in one ear and out the other. So we kind of we pray for help. God, I, I ask, we ask uh, uh, that... Uh, we could have still souls uh, this morning, that we could truly hear from your word. Uh, God, I, I can't say anything meaningful uh, unless your spirit somehow opens my words. Uh, and your word doesn't do anything unless it comes on open hearts. So we, we need open hearts. Uh, may our hearts be open, and may you, may you fill our cup uh, this morning, we pray. Amen. Let's look at uh, how Jesus filled his cup. Let's look at how, how he filled his cup. Uh, this is, uh, how, how did he, uh, what did he do when he was alone with God? This is God's word. This is Matthew 4, verses 1 through 4. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. The Greek word for wilderness there is eremos, uh, and that's often translated wilderness, solitary place, desolate place. So the, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the Son of God, so the tempter, Satan, came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. What stands out to you in this passage? Just blurt it out. What stands out to you? Or don't blurt it out. Uh, <laughs> led by the Spirit. Led by the Spirit stands out to me. Uh, it really stands out to me. It it led by the Spirit led Jesus into the Eremos, the wilderness. It doesn't say the evil spirit, but the Spirit. So Jesus is alone. He's, Jesus is hungry. Jesus is weak. Jesus is about to face Satan. Spirit, why are you leading Jesus into a place of weakness, a place where he's going to be alone? Like, wh- why, why are you doing this? Spirit, why are you leading Jesus into the Eremos? Aren't the Spirit and Jesus on the same team? Uh, a Bible teacher, John Mark Comer, he helped me to see this. The wilderness or Eremos isn't the place of weakness. It's the place of strength. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the Eremos because it was only there that he would be grounded, centered, uh, prepared to fight Satan. It was only a, after a month and a half in this quiet place that he'd be prepared for this task. So the Spirit led him into the Eremos. We need 
to, to backtrack a little bit in this story. Okay, so we have Jesus's baptism first. So the first 30 years of his life, we don't know much about. Then you have his baptism. Then you have this temptation. We just read the first one, the bread temptation. Uh, and then or you have the, the, the desert experience, the wilderness, Eremos. Then you have the temptation. Uh, and then, the, so this is his first day on the job, so to speak, what, what happens right after this. Uh, he teaches in the synagogue. This is in the opening chapter of Mark, the Gospel of Mark. He teaches in the synagogue. Then he heals uh, Peter's mother-in-law. And then people are crowding to him. And he heals. He does a bunch more healing, and he casts out demons. Uh, so the next day we read, so this is day two. Very early in the morning, Jesus got up left the house, went off to a solitary place where he prayed. And again, solitary place, it's that same word, Eremos. And so that's the title of the sermon, Pursue Eremos. Anyone, so then, then you, you read the, later on in the chapter, like this, is what, this was Jesus' MO, this is the way he operated. He went off into solitary places. Luke 5, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places. Again, that same Greek word, eremos. The main idea of this sermon is this. Good enough for Jesus? Good enough for me. <laughs> right? Uh, so, repeat, repeat after me. Good enough for Jesus, good enough for me. But often we're scared of being alone. Uh, we're scared of being alone with God. Uh, what happens in the Eremos? Uh, so Jesus is in Capernaum, first day on the job. We talked about that. Second day of job he, on the job, he goes missing. Talked about that very early in the morning. He's, he takes off. Uh, so he's, you know, he, he spent a month and a half in the desert. He does one day on the job, and then he goes back into the desert again. Uh, and then his disciples are looking for him everywhere, and they... they they say, hey, you know what, Jesus, everyone's looking for you. Uh, you're needed. you got work to do. What does he say? Let us go. Let us go. We've got to go to other places. Like, no, you're needed here. There's more healing to be done. There's more work to be done. Let us go. Uh, but, but Oprah wants to interview you for her magazine. No, let us go. Right? Like, like we got to go. And, 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 and so what's he doing? Is, is he watching the game? Is he snorkeling? Is he surfing YouTube? What's he doing when he's going off alone? He says, let us go. Just, what, what's he doing? He's, he's filling his cup. Uh, he's, he's sitting in the presence of God. The presence of, in the presence of God, he gets the inputs he needs to do the output that he's called him to. So he so remember Martha in our first sermon in this series? One thing is necessary, Jesus says to Martha. Uh, so time. Time alone in the quiet place for input from God. Only then do we have the capacity to pour out. So if God is your priority of, of your life, time is carved out from somewhere. Uh, from God in that time we learn the true order of our lives. We learn the order of God. Uh, we learn 
uh, the order of God for all of life. And so the point is, just give God your time. Uh, I'm not sure if this relates, but this is a, it might not relate at all, but I thought it was really funny. The next slide. This is a Dilbert cartoon. So the first one, can you come to, a, to my meeting at 8 a.m. tomorrow? No. I reserve the first few hours of every morning for useful work. <laughs> uh, that feels like an insult. I call it good time management. There's a lot of overlap. <laughs> the, the point is that we guard our time. We guard our time. Uh, but what if rather than guarding our time from God, we gave two minutes every day to get dedicate the rest of our minutes in the day to God. Uh, just two minutes to get alone with God. And there's a million ways to do it. Um, but for Jesus, the Eremos is a place of strength. And for you, the Eremos is also a place of strength. So repeat after me again. Good enough for Jesus, good enough for me. But there's a lot of unanswered questions, right? Like, like, uh, when do you find this Eremos in your day? And how do you do this? And where do you go? Is it the shower? Is it the car? Is it your morning routine? Is it before you go to bed? Like, how does this work? And so I've actually invited my friend Steve. Uh, we normally have a congregational prayer at this time, but we're, we're going to have him just share a little bit about what his own quiet time, pursuing Eremos kind of journey has looked like, and then he's going to uh, pray, pray for us. And good. Yeah, um, Pastor Mark's already introduced it. When he introduced it to me in an email the other uh, few days ago, he asked if I, I could answer these questions ahead of time of um, what do you do in your quiet time with the Lord? Why? How did you get there? Maybe give some examples. And what happens in your prayer time? I don't know that I can answer all of those questions adequately. And I also don't want to set myself up as, as this, this is how you do it. Um, I, I've been with enough people and I'm amazed at how the Holy Spirit works. I've been with some people who describe um, praying the Bible, praying a psalm, and, and, I, and I try and learn from them. And I haven't been able to do that, but I, I, I sense that there's many ways that we can approach God. I've been with people who talk about their walks in nature and what happens to them when they open themselves up. Um, I've been with people who describe their journaling and they too are opening themselves up with, to God. All I'm doing right now is, is maybe describing a little bit of what I do. But I, I think the key thing, the key thing for me, and I turned 67 this year, has been to learn to open up myself to God. So what does a typical day look like for me? Um, I, I, I rise early in the morning and I, I say a pray, short prayer. And part of my challenge to you is not to make um, 
th this time a ritual, and what I'm going to say right now is going to sound like a ritual, but I have to stop myself and make it not a ritual. My simple prayer to God is, thank you, God, for loving me. Thank you for caring for me. Thank you for forgiving me. So it's important to me to acknowledge to God that you love me, that you care for me, and yes, Lord, you have forgiven me. Um, forgiveness is an important thing. To, to know that God loves and forgives me such that I can forgive myself, because if you're anything like me, I bet you're really hard on yourselves. And I know that God, if, he, if he's forgiven me, he's forgiven. And, and if I can believe that, maybe I can forgive myself. And so that, that day when I interact with other people, I can also do that in a forgiving way. And then I say a little bit after that, I ask, dear Lord, as I open your word now, please guide and teach me in it. And teach me this day as I interact with other people, as I interact with, with those around me, with articles that I read, with what I hear, teach me. And then I go into to Bible study. And as I do the Bible study, I look for, well, what, what jumps out at me? What stands out? What, what is God teaching me in this passage? Um, how am I supposed to respond to this? Where did God show up? And sometimes God shows up. Sometimes God doesn't. <laughs> and, and you go, okay, I guess maybe that, that wasn't what's going to come to me, but I do know that every day something, if I open myself up, something is going to be there. It could be out of the blue later on in the day that I just sense, whoa, Lord, you're speaking here. Sometimes it's in the initial prayer. Sometimes it's in the Bible study. And then after the Bible study, I spend an, an extended period of time in prayer again. So, those are some of the patterns, some of the habits. Have I always done those things? Um, no. But as I look back on life, the thing that has been there my whole life has been prayer. Um, I can remember uh, driving to Calvin College. I lived out in the country. So my first part of my drive was spent praying. Um, I can remember uh, dropping my kids off at school and then right afterwards praying. And I, I hear people who say, well, I pray with my kids in the car. And I'm thinking, wow, great. Um, but prayer has been there. And what's been most recent is to say, to, to open myself up to God. And what are you going to teach me? How are you going to mold me and shape me today, dear Lord? Um, so... That's an example. Um, but I challenge you to, to open yourself up to God each day. Can we open ourselves up to God as a congregation now in prayer? Dear God, you are a, a mighty, powerful God. You're the maker, the creator. You've made everything. You've made each of us in your image. You lead, you guide in our lives. Help us to open ourselves up to you, dear Lord, to, to see how you are doing that, what you're calling us to do and to be 
and help us to respond to you and not walk away from you or run from you, but to walk towards you and help us to see, dear Lord, that as we reach out our hand in prayer to you, that you are there. That your hand is there, that you're willing to take our hand, that you're willing to guide us and lead us. We thank you in that. We ask your Lord that you would be with each one of us as, as in different ways. We, we all want to be in a relationship with you. Help us to see how to do that. We know that there are loads of people here with very busy lives. Help us just to see how to slow down that tiny bit and to open ourselves up to you each day and to look in terms of how you're leading and guiding. And help us to do that as a church too, dear Lord, to constantly, continually turn to you. Guide in the things that you're calling us to do, dear Lord, with our different missional families, with our different small groups, with the different groups of twos and threes that gather together here in the church. Help us to, to look for you in that and to turn to you and seek to see how you are guiding us, dear Lord. We ask, too, that you would be with Pastor Mark, that you would be with Terrence, with Hilda, with Joy, as they lead us as a church. Give them wisdom. Give them understanding and help us to see how to respond and return. Thanks to you. We ask too that you would be with our board, with Nico and Corrine, with Matt and with Jen, that you would give them wisdom also in terms of leading us. Guide us, dear Lord, in all that you call us to do and to be. Help us to seek after you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. That was so powerful. Thank you, Steve, for teaching us and praying uh, with our voice, with us and for us. And, uh, God is present where you are. God is present where you are. God is present where you are. Um, the question is if you are present to him. And so as, as a church, uh, we're, we want to be like these guys uh, up on the screen. Uh, we want to be like them. Uh, so they, they're part of a group called 4-H. Anyone here heard of 4-H? It's like a, a children's like agricultural learning club. I, I, I was never a part of it, but I, I love their motto. Their motto is learn by doing. Learn by doing. And so uh, when it comes to practicing the presence of God, one of the lessons that I've learned is that uh, I don't need to get it perfect, or I don't need to do it like how Steve does it. it and and I can experiment. And so I want this church to be the kind of church where 
you're, it's safe enough for you to kind of take risks and experiment in your own kind of personal spiritual practices. Uh, and so our staff team designed this little challenge. Uh, it's, a, it's called a 30-day challenge. And if it's your, uh, yeah, so just you can, I'm going to give you a moment to just um, to, to read this. You don't need to choose to do this, right? Um, but it's, a, it's something I want you to, to consider. Um, and because my job as a pastor is to help you to grow in your walk with Jesus, right? In your, in your relationship to God. And so for these, this is for people who want to do that. Um, I think it'll be worth it for you to intentionally be spending time alone with your creator. I think it's totally worth it for you. Uh, I want to give you uh, a minute to just read this out loud at your table. So kind of take turns front and back. Just the, the, the bullets, you got like two minutes and there's not a lot of text. Uh, so just uh, read it as appropriate at your table. Okay, so I, I want to explain the accountability piece just really briefly. So let's say I'm doing this, and let's say, uh, Devin, you're my accountability person, right? Um, so ideally, um, what, what would happen is I, I would just put Devin's name uh, as kind of my accountability person, and then after the 30 days, uh, I would circle back with Devin, and I'd just let him know how it went, right? That's it right? I don't need to bear my soul to him. I just can kind of let him know what happened, right? Um, and so uh, let's say uh, I don't do that. Then Devin would circle back with me and be like, hey, how'd that go? That's it. He doesn't need to bug me for 10 months. He could just, you know, hey, how'd it go? Uh, that's it. Very, very simple. Uh, so um, you don't get the text, the call, the email, whatever, the person circling back, then you, then you connect with them. Uh, so are there any questions about this? Uh, anything? So again, I think this will be totally worth it for you. So this is your life, this input. So there's lots of outputs, right? And this is for you to think carefully about the input. How, do you, how are you taking time out to be reminded of God's presence in your day? Uh, so you, you need input time. Uh, you need to figure this out for yourself. Only you can do that. What opens you up to the presence of God? It could be Psalm 23. It could be one particular song. It could be uh, a Bible character, a Bible story. Uh, consider using that for your 30-day challenge because that's how that opens you up already to the presence of God. That's something that God has used to speak to you uh, in the past. So a couple little things. Uh, it must be new, something kind of maybe that you haven't done before. And then it's got to be something simple, right? If it's super complex, like, I mean, you're going to spend so much time thinking about it. Like, that's not, that's not the idea. And then lastly, it's got to be challenging. And this is going to sound a little bit like Yogi Berra, but it's not a challenge. It's not a 30-day challenge if it's not challenging, <laughs> right? So it's got to be a bit of a stretch for you, right? Um, so for many of us, uh, being alone with God is not something that's appealing. Uh, we, I, th I think we need to talk about that. 
Uh, I, I get that. This idea of being alone with God is something, it's almost scary, it's intimidating. And so just before Jesus' temptation that we, that we just read this, this morning, uh, he's, he's baptized and the Holy Spirit comes down and there's a voice from God that says, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. When you go into your quiet time, it's my prayer that you would hear that same voice of love. On the cross, Jesus experienced an incredible distance from God that you cannot imagine. In his Eremos, in his lonely place, he experienced an incredible distance from God that you cannot imagine. And he did that so that one day you and I could experience in our Eremos, in our solitary place, an incredible closeness with God. That if, if you are not yet a, a Christian, you have no idea what that is. That kind of intimacy, that kind of, that kind of joy, that kind of peace, that kind of overflowing cup. You, that, that's, see, that's what Jesus did on the cross. When he prayed, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me on the cross? He, he did that so that one day you can pray, my God, my God, so near, so close, I never dreamed of this kind of intimacy with you. So do you understand that? From, from the temptations in the desert, in the wilderness, to the, the temptations leading right up to the cross, Jesus' faithfulness is given to our account. Because of this, when we go into our quiet place, we can hear the same voice that was given to Jesus. Nick, my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. Ruby, my beloved daughter, with whom I am well pleased. That's before I pray, now I want, I want to give you three minutes to just fill this out very quickly because it's super simple. And actually, you might as well try having your accountability person, the, someone who's right at your table, because they understand this exercise. You have freedom to pick someone outside, but then when we circle back with this in about 30 days-ish, they get it. So I'm going to give you three minutes. Just fill this out and, uh, and have a conversation uh, with this, on this. Let's, uh, let's bow our heads in prayer. God, help us to learn by doing. Uh, give us the grace to enter into the quiet place, the, the Eremos, uh, to be alone with you. Uh, expose, I'm sure a lot will be exposed there when we go and, and we're alone. There's a lot of brain garbage. There's a lot of things that get in the way of us seeing and experiencing your love. Uh, maybe you'll expose that, but then we pray that you would send your spirit to speak. You delight to meet with us, so as we draw near to you, uh, would you draw near to us in the coming month? Uh, we, uh, we pray uh, that you would speak, for we as your servants, we're, we're listening. Amen.